Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Luke. Luke chapter 18, this is study number 2. And we're going to be reading verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now we began discussing this in our last study, and we saw that the word ought means must. Men must always pray and not faint. And uh, God says this elsewhere. Um, one place is in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. It has always been the case that God's people pray. God's people pray for the elect. They pray for the sending forth of the gospel, for salvation in the day of salvation. They, they, they pray according to the will of God. Now the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our example, also demonstrated for us that it's necessary to pray when going through the wrath of God. And that's what we're doing right now as um, uh, the people of God, all those that God has saved, were delivered. They they were um, granted the grace of God and salvation prior to May 21, 2011, and then God brought to pass Judgment Day. He shut the door of heaven, and he left his people on the earth to go through the period of severe trial of a burning, a fiery trial of faith that would try um, the people of the Lord, and and, and so, it, uh, in a way, we are going through judgment. And actually, God uses that figure in Second Corinthians chapter five, verse ten. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and the personal pronoun we is referring to the elect. When you look at that chapter, uh, um, the whole chapter is addressed to the people of God, God's elect. We must all appear. And the word, the Greek word translated appear, is the same word made manifest that uh, relates to the Lord Jesus Christ entering into the world and going to the cross to make manifest the things that he had done before the found, or from the foundation of the world when when he offered up himself for the sins of his people Jesus when he entered into the garden of gethsemane was making manifest the judgment upon him from the point of the world's foundation God's elect were in Christ as 
he made payment for our sins at the point of the world's foundation, and therefore our sins have been paid, and the law's demands have been satisfied, and yet in a similar way to what the Lord Jesus did in 33 AD, we are finding ourselves going through a period, prolonged period of judgment, a spiritual judgment, a time when the cup of the wrath of God is being poured out to the inhabitants of the earth, and we are present. The, the people of God are here. Um, as it says in Isaiah 24, Isaiah chapter 24 and verse... 6. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned. Now, just just listen to that language. The curse has devoured the earth, its inhabitants are desolate, and uh, and burned. The inhabitants of the earth are burned under the wrath of God. But notice the last statement of Isaiah 24, 6, and few men left. Few men left? Who are they? And uh, what are they doing on a, a earth that has been devoured by a curse? What are they doing on an earth, not a church, but an earth that has become desolate? What are these few men doing on an earth in which all the other inhabitants have been burned? And why aren't they burned? Why hasn't the curse devoured them and made them desolate? Why are these few men left? And who are these few men? Well, we know who they are. Many are called, but few are chosen. The chosen are God's elect. And, and there's a very plain statement, very direct, very clear, that in the day of the wrath of God, there we will find the few. God's elect will be present and they will be left. Now, what is that telling us that they're left? Turn to Zechariah chapter 13. And it says, beginning in verse 8, And it shall come to pass... That in all the land, and the word land is sometimes translated earth, in all the earth, saith Jehovah, two parts therein shall be cut off and die. And that two parts are two thirds, written as a decimal, .666. The number of man, the number of unsaved man, they in the earth are cut off. God has shut the door of heaven. He has killed, he has slain the natural-minded individual. He has killed spiritually every unsaved person in all the world, and he did so on that day of May 21, 2011. So in all the earth, two parts, the figure of man, are dead. But, it goes on to say, the third, the third part, which identifies with God's elect. But the third shall be left therein. Just as Isaiah 24, 6 said, 
few men left. And, and here God is indicating the third part, which also identifies with the elect. We, we can prove that from the Bible. We're not going to take time to do that right now, but we can prove it. That's two statements. The first, the few um, are left, many called, few are chosen. And the third part, are left, where all the other inhabitants of the earth are burned, all the other men of the land or the earth are cut off and have died. But the third part is left. The few men are left. And that's because it is describing this time period that we are in. It's why God says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says this twice, once in verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. What's another way of saying you remain? You're left. You're left. Um, Ten people uh, departed and you remain behind. You are left behind. And it says also in verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians 4, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We are alive. Well, Now, why would God say that? Because he's um, stressing that these people have spiritual life. It's the elect. It's the few that are left therein. It, It is the third part that... Um, have not been cut off and have not died. And if you have not been cut off and died, you are alive. You have life. So you are alive because you're not cut off and you remain because you've been left. It, it matches perfectly with the language of Zechariah 13 verse 8 and Isaiah 24 verse 6. And, and so here we are. Here we find ourselves living on the earth in the day of judgment. And here we find ourselves before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear, be made manifest before the judgment seat of Christ. And, and, and that's what's been going on. That's what's been happening throughout this prolonged period of judgment day beginning Again, on that date that was proclaimed to all the earth, May 21, 2011, and proceeding, continuing until now, and in all likelihood, continuing until October 7th, 2015, we're continuing to be exposed to the fire that has devoured the earth. Here we are, the same door that uh, of heaven that was shut that cut off all the rest of the people of the earth well it it has not killed us but we the, the same spiritual fire that burned the inhabitants of the earth has not burned us up we we are 
continuing to live uh, because we have been granted life and and uh, the the exact same judgment that came upon the rest of the world we also are present in the world while while that judgment destroyed them but has not harmed us the the fire has been put to us but like gold silver precious stones we are enduring the flame and the day is revealing it is declaring that we are God's elect and that's what's being made manifest through uh continuing to trust the bible continuing to trust the doctrines of Christ continuing to lean upon the truth that God has opened up in the time of judgment over the course of the 10,000 days God's people by the grace of God through the power of the spirit of God are enduring unto the end enduring sound doctrine enduring faithfully the teaching of the word the teaching of the scriptures and and therefore it is demonstrating that our sins were already paid for it's demonstrating we are these elect individuals that we are those predestinated unto salvation it's demonstrating that Christ has already made payment for our sin from the point of the world's foundation and that's why we are not burned and it's why we have not been cut off with the rest and it's why we endure unto the end and and yet the Lord Jesus Christ the eternal God himself when he was suffering under the wrath of God uh, through his demonstration through his uh, lifetime when he entered into the world to show forth the things he had already accomplished, he felt a tremendous need to pray, especially as things intensified in the Garden of Gethsemane. We read in Mark chapter 14, in Mark 14, beginning in verse 32. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here, while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter, and James, and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy, and saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch. And he went forward a little, and fell on the ground, and prayed, that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh, and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Christ prayed in the garden, 
And we know from another account three times, three times indicating the purpose of God that, that, uh, the Lord Jesus prayed that uh, he, he was under the weight of the wrath of God. Uh, we read in Luke 22, um, very descriptive language, beginning in verse 41. It says, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The Lord Jesus prayed, oh, because he was in an agony. Uh, he, he was suffering tremendously. And yet, um, he, he prayed all the more. He prayed more earnestly. More earnestly. Can you imagine that? That God is saying that of the Lord Jesus Christ, who, of course, uh, was as fervent in prayer as anyone could ever be all through his lifetime. Uh, he, he achieved perfection of prayer. And yet at this point of partaking of the cup of the wrath of God in the garden that Thursday evening, he began to suffer under the wrath of God and and to experience the wrath of God, he began to know now. Remember earlier in the previous chapter of Mark 13, uh, it said, Of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, neither the Son. And the word know meant experience. No man had yet experienced the final judgment of God. The fallen angels had not yet experienced the judgment of God that would take place at the cross when Satan would be bound, and neither had the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, experienced the the weight of the wrath of God in the tableau. He, Yes, he experienced the weight of the wrath of God from the foundation of the world, and, and he died and rose to be declared the Son of God, but this was a different matter. He had not um, yet entered into the world, born of the Virgin Mary. He had not gone to the cross or or began to suffer in the garden as yet, and in the demonstration. And it was in that sense he had not experienced, he did not know the the day or hour of the judgment of God upon him. But now he was experiencing the, the judgment of God. This, and, and was suffering as a result and was coming to know, coming to know the wrath of God. As we, we read in Hebrews chapter five, it, it says in 
verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, notice that the days of his flesh, which would identify with being born into the world and the whole period of his demonstration, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard and that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. He learned through experiencing it. He he came to know. He came to know the wrath of God as the Son of Man in the demonstration. And and now the Bible harmonizes. The Bible makes perfect sense in all of its statements concerning the Lord Jesus Christ and concerning how we can understand that neither the Son um, was to know of that day and hour. It has nothing to do with intellectual knowledge. It has everything to do with Jesus at that point. The statement was made not yet experiencing or knowing in that way the suffering of the second time as Moses struck the rock twice. Christ had not suffered the second time. You know, the first time when Jesus was bearing sins, when he was making payment for sin, yes, it would it would have been uh, terrible and awful, and, and surely he would have been in an agony then. But, you know, there, there would have been some comfort, some um, additional comfort, I would think, because Christ would know this must be done and these sins must be paid for. But now he was coming to fulfill the Father's will. He was sent forth to illustrate, really, with his life what he had already done. He had already finished the work from the foundation of the world. The Lamb was already slain from the point of the world's foundation. All the works were already finished. But now to suffer again, to suffer a second time. No wonder the Lord was going in the Garden of Gethsemane and praying, Father, if this cup might pass from me, if it might pass, because it wasn't necessary to to pay for sins a second time, it, it would not alter the salvation already obtained for these elect. So, therefore, is it possible? You could see in an agony, in, in great trouble of, of, of suffering, that uh, the Lord would go to the Father. And, and on this point, is it possible that the, this cup might pass? And nevertheless... In his perfection, in his perfect obedience, the Lord Jesus realized, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And, and of course it was the Father's will that you must go through the wrath of God a second time and you must demonstrate these things according to the will of God. Very well, and then Christ Perform the Father's will again, 
perfectly, obediently, praying all the while, praying right through it. You know, we read in the book of Jonah, as uh, Jesus himself points to Jonah and says, As Jonah was in the whale's belly three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. And it, it was pointing to uh, both the suffering that Christ experienced at the foundation of the world and the suffering in in time in 33 AD and and so it's no surprise at all when we go to the book of Jonah we find the account of Jonah in the whale's belly he's already been swallowed up in Jonah chapter 2 that we find Jonah praying while inside of the whale in Jonah 2 verse 1 Then Jonah prayed unto Jehovah his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto Jehovah, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. And really it's Jonah 2. All the while Jonah's in the whale's belly is like one prayer. And it concludes with a prayer of thanksgiving. Uh, in verse 9, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. And the next thing, Jonah's vomited out of the whale's belly. He prayed his way through that, that uh, extremely trying experience historically. And the Lord Jesus, though, prayed his way through the wrath of God. And, and that's why. That's why, because he's our example. He, he is supremely wise. And if, if the Lord Jesus Christ himself, um, found it necessary to pray more earnestly while, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, then we can see why God is addressing us. He's speaking to us that have been brought and, and made to appear before the judgment seat of Christ in the day of wrath, in the day of punishment, in the day of the furious anger of God being poured out across all the world and upon all of its inhabitants. And God is emphasizing to us, men ought always to pray. Always pray and not to faint. Not to faint under the the weight of tribulation. Even great tribulation. And not to faint under the weight of the end of time. Or the weight of the day of the Lord's wrath. But continue to pray. Pray all the while, all the time through it. As you, you go day by day, day by day, 40 day period, followed by 40 day period, followed by 40 day period, testing, 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 and as you're tried financially, and as you're tried physically with 
disease or affliction of some kind, as you're tried emotionally or as you're tried in your your home, you're the outcast, you're the strange one, as you're tried uh, in the eyes of the world by appearing to be lunatic or as you're tried in the eyes of the church by appearing to be heretic. And, and all the while looking to God as Jonah in the whale's belly, where else did he have to turn? Who else would listen or could hear him? Only God. And only God could help him. And he knew it. And so we can be sure Jonah was praying fervently, all the, the more earnestly than probably he ever had before in his entire life. There was no escape, no way out. He must go through this this trial within a whale's belly and and what could he do? Dear Father, dear Father in heaven, help me. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.